I've got a word tonight, and I want to share another testimony. I read two more testimonies, and, and if you will, I had a couple of people today tell me they haven't sent them, but they're sending them in, so make sure to email the church and send in your testimonies from 2020, because they have been empowering. I'm telling you, they have been empowering the testimonies that we've read. And tonight I'm, I'm reading uh, <clears throat> Matt and Victoria, they're, are they here? Not, yeah, there's Victoria right there. Good to see you. Awesome. And, it, and they, they sent this in, so uh, I, I want to read this to you. <clears throat> they said, looking back at 2020, I definitely believe God showed me how important family is and spending time with them whenever possible. How many people came out of 2020 seeing that in a new, fresh way? I, I, I'm telling you. Um, see, the... Uh, you know, you can call it the enemy, you can call it whatever, but the enemy thought that, uh, you know, he was going to shut people down and it actually empowered people, you know. People, you know, a lot of people that were going to college stayed home because colleges were shut down and, and whatever reason, and it empowered people in their homes. I mean, that's not every home, not everybody, but, but I've heard many, many testimonies of just empowering things that happened with families as a result of this last year. So I appreciate you saying that. In November 2019, my father was diagnosed with stage 4 lymphoma. He had been in and out of the hospital that year, but it was November that we were told what was attacking his body. He would have to go through aggressive chemo that was spread, that was spread out over six months. That's how we went into 2020. Then four days into 2020, my grandfather died. It was the hardest passing for me because he was the only grandfather that I really knew. He was a man of God, and he directed his choir at his church for 30 years. I found peace in knowing that he no longer had to suffer from illness, and he could be with Jesus doing what he loved, praising God. Time went on within two weeks, and I lost four family members, one of which was the woman who brought me to this church when I was only nine years old. Victoria came here when she was nine. A lady brought her to church, and Victoria has been coming since she was nine. And, and how old are you? 14 now? <laughs> no, I'm teasing. And she's been coming for a long time. Amen? And, and she's purposed to come, and God has done great things. But I want to finish this. <clears throat> I don't know where I would be, where, where I am today, if she had not taken me to church so many years ago. <clears throat> all of that to say that through all of it, God is still good. My father was cancer-free as of April 2020. Everybody shout amen to that. Amen. amen. <clears throat> My husband left his job of 10 years, and I can see how much happier that he is doing what he is doing right now. In other words, a greater job, a better place. Our vision for our family in 2020 was to be more financially stable, and God provided. Our marriage has seen one of its best years in... In the nine years that we've been married and is growing by one in July 2021. When I pray for our family in 2021, in, in one word is growth. Growth in our walk with God and relationships and our careers and anywhere possible. <clears throat> Amen? 
And she thanked us for, let, for sharing that. Thank you for sharing that and turning that in. Is that a good word? Amen? I mean, you know, there are things that happen. There are things that come against us, the things that happen. But when you've already got it inside of you, like she's had since she was nine years old, you're prepared for anything that comes. Amen? And what appears to not be good, like her father starting, you know, at the end of 2019 and into, into the beginning of 2020, and it looked like things weren't going to be good, but, but he was healed of cancer, even though some other family members passed away, you know, it still, God is good because you have the strength inside of you to get through it. Amen? And that's what's so vital. That's what's so important. So I appreciate all these testimonies that you've sent in, and I know there's some others out there, so send them in. We'll read them for the rest of the year. Amen? Uh, if that's what it takes, because we, you know, what, what this does is it gives glory to God and how strong and how much ability that He has in our lives if we allow Him to. Amen? That, that's what's so great. Amen. So Tonight, I want to end my message that I started this morning on, or I started actually last Sunday, on spiritual vision. And I, and I defined the word vision this morning with one word. <clears throat> and we defined vision as seeing, as, as truly seeing. And we read, and I want to read this again, we read... 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 18, and it says, we do, uh, we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And what he's talking about is seeing spiritually. That's the title of my message, these last, this one and the, and the previous two, is, is spiritual vision. And if vision is seeing, then God wants spiritual seeing to be more prevalent in our lives than natural seeing. And he said the key in this passage of Scripture right here, he said the key to tapping into your future in personal vision is not being moved by what you see in the natural, but by seeing things eternal and spiritual. Because when we see things spiritually and, and things become clear in our lives spiritually, then we're able to see in the natural how to handle the natural. But if you're only looking at natural things and you're not looking internally, I promise you, you're all about yourself trying to survive. I'm telling you right now, God did not create you and I to be survivalists. He created us to be overcomers. Hi, Sarah. Good to see you. Man, I didn't see you over there. Amen. That distracted me, sorry. <laughs> no, you didn't distract me. I'm just saying that got me. <clears throat> I said that wrong. That sounded really bad. <clears throat> uh, but, but we'll never accomplish on this earth what we were put here to accomplish if we try to accomplish it and figure things out from the natural part of us. Because you're not a natural person. You're a spirit being. Whether you know it or not, and most people out there don't really know that they're spiritual beings first. I, I, I heard somebody say this the other day, and I was, I mean, I liked what the person was saying, but then they went off on the fact that everything about our lives 
has to do with our soul, with that we are a soul man. This per- person was preaching and he had some good things to say, but when he came to that point, I thought, mm, man, how, how something, I'm not sure, how, I mean, and, and the influence that that person had, but yet to talk about that we are a soul man, that everything is about our soul, was shocking. Because we're not a soul man first, we're a spiritual man first. We were created in the image of God. God is spirit. Right. Amen? Amen? And we're created in his image. We're spirit first. We're a spiritual being that has a soul, a mind, will, and emotions that live in a body. There are no human beings floating around in here right now. Yeah, we just decide to be a ghost tonight. No, there's nobody in here floating around. There are angels of God in here. And there are demon spirits trying to get in here. But we give them no place. Can you say amen? amen? And the more we understand that world and that life from this place here where we live, the better off we are. We've got to see internally. We've got to see with spiritualized, not naturalized. That's why most people have no vision. The foundational scripture that we've read in the last couple of services that we've probably read for the last 14 years um, when it came to Vision Sunday is Proverbs 29, 18. And, and tonight I'm just reading it out of the Message Bible. We read it in a few translations in the last couple of services, but I want to read it out of the message. Proverbs 29, 18. If people can't see what God is doing, and what is God? He's spirit. If people can't see what God is doing spiritually, they stumble all over themselves. Right? If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he is revealing, they're most blessed. New King James says they're happy. And if you're not happy, and you're not blessed in your life internally, it's because you're not pressing into him through his word. He who keeps the word is happy, is most blessed. We have to understand what God is seeing about us. We have to understand it. It's vital. Um, So, I'm going to just break a couple things down. I just, this isn't going to take very long. I don't have much more tonight. But I've got to drive this point home that I'm going to give you tonight. Um, Colossians 1, and 7 says this. The mystery which was hidden from the ages and from generations, but now has been revealed... Remember Proverbs 29, 18, when they attend to what he reveals, they're blessed. They're happy. He said, the mystery which has been hidden from the ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to his saints, to them God willed to make known what are the riches of his glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is 
Christ in you and I, Christ, in other words, revealed in you and I, who He is in us, who we are in Him, that is the hope of glory. In another series not too long ago that we, that we were in, I defined the glory of God as God's essence, God's worth, and God's substance. His essence, His worth, and His substance. Christ revealed in me is the hope of the world because then the world begins to see because they're seeing it in me. The world begins to see the essence of God, the, 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 the worth of God, the substance of God in me, in you. That's the only hope of the world is that we really begin to see things. What is vision? It's seeing, but that we begin to see things spiritually and not judge everything from the natural. Because when we begin to see things spiritually, then we handle natural things correctly. The only problem in the world is that humanity is doing things on their own and not through God. That's the only problem on planet earth. If everybody was hearing God and doing what God said, all good. Stop and think about it. If everybody, there's not like half of, the, half of the planet was created in the image of God and the other half was created in the image of the devil. Sometimes it seems like that, but that's not the case. Everybody was created in the image of God. So my job is that <clears throat> I get over a lot of the hang-ups and stuff I had from the time I was conceived and born. I got born again right about the time I was 18 years old, and there was a battle for my life with the enemy from the time I was conceived until I turned 18, and then when I got born again, then a new vision started. I thought my life was one way when God had another plan because I began to press into Him immediately. It wasn't just I got saved and then we just kind of cruise. I pressed in immediately. Some of the most difficult times of my life were being delivered and extracted from the old way of thinking and having to put on the new man and the new way of thinking and experience new things in life. That's where vision comes from. Vision comes from your thinking changing. And for me, for me personally, it's been 44 years. This next month is 44 years that I've been born again. It's been a journey of replacing old ways of thinking and putting on new ways. And these next few minutes, I want to I talk about what that looks like with most people. Um, in 2 Corinthians 3, 17, uh, 3, yeah, 17, in the New Living Translation, it says this. For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see, can see, can see, everybody say see. see. They can see and reflect what? 
the glory of God, the essence of God, the worth of God, the substance of God. And, and the Lord who is the Spirit makes us more and more like Him as we're changed into His glorious image, as we're changed into that image. <clears throat> but the devil has worked overtime since the day that you were born. He's worked overtime to get you to believe that to be used by God, you're too, and I wrote down a number of different things, but, but you can put anything in here. You're too stupid, you're too ugly, you're too emotional, you have no ability, uh, you're not creative, you've made too many mistakes in life, you could never be forgiven. <clears throat> no matter what it is, you name it, whatever angle he's come at you, and he's come at everybody, there's nobody in here that says, well, that doesn't, what he said didn't, no, you put something else in there because there's something. And he's had an angle to try to get to you to convince you you're not good enough to be used by God. You're not good enough to have vision from God and know exactly what God wants you to do. Exactly. But all those things are lies. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says this. <clears throat> For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for who? Say it. Me. Say it. Say me. The word says us, but us is me. When you're looking at it for yourself, when you're praying for other people, it's us. When you're looking at it for you, you've got to believe he meant you. If you're the only one, he'd have taken care of it. Watch what he said. For he made him who knew no sin, Jesus, to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So when I was talking about earlier that it's been this nonstop journey to come out of what's not right into what is right. I'm being made, as we're speaking right now, I'm being made the righteousness of God. I am the righteousness of God because of what Jesus did, but it's becoming more real to me every day as I see clear spiritually who I am in God and what God has done for me. Listen to me. That's the mystery hidden from the ages, which is what? Christ revealed in me that is the hope of the world. It's the hope of the world. Now, I want you to think about this. <clears throat> no matter what you've done or what you've not done in life, no matter what you've done or not done, <clears throat> no matter what I've done or what mistake I've made, let's say that I'm just, just, I'm just pulling one little thing out of the hat. Let's say that you've done something and you lied to somebody about something. Listen to me. People that are pressing into the things of God, they lie. Why? Because you're pressing into the things of God to, so you can get delivered of being a liar. 
Okay? I just pull one thing out of the hat, you can put nine million things in there. He's worked overtime to get you to believe that your lie has disqualified you from having the ability to see clearly in the things of God. Don't forget this tonight. What I'm going to say right now, don't forget this. I'm going to say it again, don't forget it. Okay? If you lied, then you lied. You made a mistake, but that's not who you are. Why? Because he said, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. And that righteousness I'm working and developing into. So if you think that a mistake you've made has disqualified you, you've got to get rid of that and get rid of the mistake. But if you don't get rid of the thinking of that mistake, you don't get rid of that mindset that you're not good enough or you're this or whatever, he's tried to work on you every angle that he's worked on you from the time you were born. Those are all lies. He's a liar, and that's all he knows to do. But who I am is who God says I am. And I want you to remember these six things that I've written here to give you. Just, just remember this. You need to say things like this over yourself every day. I am righteous because of him. I am forgiven. I'm forgiven. I am empowered. I am a seer. I see clearly. I see spiritual things. I see what God wants me to see. I, I'm an overcomer. I am an overcomer. Able to overcome anything and any obstacle that comes my way. I'm an overcomer. Say that. I'm an overcomer. I'm an overcomer. We're overcomers. We're righteous, we're forgiven, we're empowered, we're seers. And this is the thing you have to believe. You are the hope of the world. You know, don't raise your hand when I ask you this question, but <clears throat> how many can think of somebody that is successful that you don't like because they're successful. You don't like them. Every time something comes on about them, you just fast forward it. You're on social media, you see something about them. Oh, oh that's my thumb scrolling, you know. <clears throat> I don't like this one or that one. I, I don't like that. Why? Because you're intimidated by who they are because you think they're a success and you're not. Now, I'll just give you this little story on myself. When Joel Osteen's father passed away in 1999, John Osteen, <clears throat> in a very short period of time, Joel took over the church and began to preach. And uh, a friend of mine said, have you, you heard Joel Osteen preach? I said, no. J John's son? I said, no, I haven't heard him. He said, oh, yeah, <clears throat> yeah, I listened to it. I mean, it's just ridiculous. 
And I said, what do you mean? Oh, it's just, I mean, all, he does, all it is is just this, you know, it, it, there's no word in it. It's just this encouragement. And I said, okay. You know, and so I listened to this person, and I, and I listened to a couple of his messages, and I didn't like him either. And I thought, eh, you know. So anytime anybody would say anything about Joel Osteen, I'd just ignore him. Or if a message of his, you know, that, that we're talking about in the year 2000, so there was not all the stuff we have today. It's amazing how quick social media and everything has come alive, right? But if somebody gave me a tape of his in those days or a CD or whatever it was, you know, I, I wouldn't listen to it. Nah, you know. And then someone else told me, said, you know, I mean, the only reason Joel's doing anything is because his dad just died and handed him the church, and now he's whatever. <clears throat> I had people just constantly feeding that in my, in my brain, and I accepted it for a while. And I remember sometime in about the year 2005, he'd only pastored for about five years, somewhere in four or five, somewhere in there. I remember hear, hearing a statistic that said there were 30,000 people coming to Lakewood Church on a weekend. And I just heard this in my spirit somehow, some way. You think that somebody that has 30,000 people coming to church is doing something right? <laughs> because his dad only had about 10. And I remember over a period of time repenting and telling God, I will never pull myself away from somebody that is, quote, successful. Now, now, nowhere in the word does it say that you're a success because you have a lot of people where a church is concerned. Nowhere does it say that you're a successful restaurant because you seat 300 people versus a restaurant that has 25. That's not success. Success is how the individual is growing spiritually. That's the success in the church world. That's what Jesus said. He came to make disciples, disciple people. Yeah, get them saved, see them born again, but then they've got to grow up. So success is not measured just by numbers, but if you don't have the numbers someone else has and you're jealous and, and against them because they have a lot of numbers, there's something wrong with you. And the thing that's wrong with you is part of the devil's setup in your life trying to get you to believe that you're not good enough like you are. And I'm telling you, that's where I had to come. And me and God together settled it. I'm going to do what he called me to do, and I'm going to rejoice with what everybody else does. I mean, it is so liberating to be so excited about other places and other people and what God's doing in other churches and being able to, you know, as a result of that, it's been really interesting, the walk that I've had. Now, now you know, you can look around in here. There's not 30,000 people in here tonight, right? Not yet. Not yet. And, and, and we're not against numbers and, and we're growing and more and more people are coming and that's all good, but we got to stay true to the vision making disciples with the power of God's word in everything that entails that. Did you hear what I said? 
See, because you can be, if you're, if you're only moved by what you see. So my intimidation, my intimidation was what I saw. Not what I saw here or heard here. I, I, was, I was somewhere, where was it that somebody said something about Chip and Joanna Gaines? We were somewhere. I don't remember what it was. But somebody was talking about him. And I mean, I mean, really not nice what they were saying. You know, they just think they're this and they just think they're taking over and they're blah, blah, whatever they think. And they, they're just whatever, you know. And I mean, I'm trying to be nice, but they weren't real nice. And I thought to myself, man, have you ever read those people's testimony? Have you ever read how they did nothing because God told them not to step out and do some of the things that they had had in their heart because it wasn't time. And then there became a day when it was time, and it's like everything, I mean, it's like, it's like everything those people touch turns to gold. But they give God the glory for all of it. Yeah. And when I, when I was hearing this person talk about them, I'm thinking, what, 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 what? You'll never see for yourself if you can't see for other people. If you can't rejoice for other people, you will never see clearly for yourself. And my prayer, and I read this prayer this morning, the Ephesians prayer, I read it out of the message this morning, and I want to read it over you again. I want to speak it over you again. Paul said, that's why when I heard of the solid trust you have in the Master Jesus, and your outpouring of love to all the followers of Jesus, I couldn't stop thanking God for you. One translation says, I can't not pray for you. Every time I prayed, I'd think of you and give thanks. But I do more than, than thank. I ask, ask the God of our master, Jesus Christ, the God of glory, to make you intelligent and discerning in knowing him personally, your eyes focused and clear so that you can see. That's my pray, prayer for you every day. That's my prayer today in 2021, that you can be focused and you can see clearly what God is saying to you. It doesn't have to take 400 years to hear from God. It just takes a determination to receive the fact that you're the righteousness of God. And so, you know what? You're important. You're good enough. In fact, He needs you. He needs you to be righteous and to believe that. You, you, know, what, you know what He needs? Now, now, listen to me. If you say this in pride, you have to get rid of it. But you have to believe you're the hope of the world. He needs you to believe that. He needs you to believe that, you know, I mean, I, I, I've, I've come to the place because of people that have sought after me. <clears throat> I, I've, been, I've, I've, had, I've been invited to so many different groups and gatherings of people. I can't tell you how many different times I've been invited to round tables. They invited me. I didn't ask to come. I didn't even send a request. And I'm thinking, man, do I want to go to that? And God says, you know, you, you belong there. 
and, and I'm, I'm sitting around a round table. I mean, this just didn't once. This is like maybe a half a dozen times. And there, there are pastors of churches all over the world that you'd know all the names of these guys. And they're all sitting around there with, you know, thousands and thousands of people in their church. All of them. And then me. <laughs> you know, and then there I was. But you know what? That wouldn't have happened if I hadn't got past thinking that because I'm in a small town, you know, that's growing, I'm, I'm, in, a, I'm in a small town, and I pastor a church of, you know, I mean, if everybody showed up at the same time, maybe we'd have, what, 150 or 200 people here, right? And yet, you'd think, well, you don't belong there. Yeah, I do. You know why? Because I see that I belong. I mean, I've preached on three continents, and I'll preach more continents, but they invited me to preach. I didn't send out an invitation. I've got something, and, and actually, there are people that want to be me. But see, if you say that in pride, or you want something out of that, no, 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 it has nothing to do with it. See, it's Christ in me that's what they want. Okay, so, so we got all these people out here in the world that don't know God, and I do. Shouldn't they want to know me? Because what they see is God in me. Shouldn't they want to know you? Yes. You've got something that they need, and you don't have to be anybody else but you. And when you see that, then you have vision. And all the other things will evolve. Well, nobody wants to be me. Get rid of that. Get rid of it. Say that over yourself every day. You think that's a, you think that's a bad confession to say? People want to be me. It's not they want to be you. They want to be like the God in you. Did we just not read that? Isn't that what was part of the prayer here? To make you intelligent, discerning and knowing him personally, your eyes focused and clear so that you can see exactly what he is calling you to do and to grasp the immensity of the glorious way of life he has for his followers. <laughs> oh, the utter extravagance of his work in us who trust him. Endless energy. Whew, man, I need that. Thank you, Father, for endless energy. And boundless strength. You have to get to that place where you see him. So that you're not looking at everything else. And when you see him, then you can make a difference in all the other things. One of the things I say over myself every day. I've said this for a while. I'm recreating myself, my marriage. I mean... My marriage is getting really good. I mean, man. I'm recreating myself, my marriage, my family, my church, and my nation. I'm the answer for the United States of America. How about you? Yeah, amen. I mean, Christ in me. 
I'm the answer for the United States of America. I got the answer because I got him. And I believe in him, and I don't believe in anybody else. I, I really don't trust anybody else except the ones I know. And some of them I don't trust. But I trust him. I mean, I mean, I passionately trust him. I mean, I have to stop in my day and just sometimes just stand there and thank him. Man, that he's real. It's not a joke. This is real. We're not playing a game. This is real. And for many people, it's life and death. And for people to see and experience the essence of God, they've got to get it through you. They're not going to get it through the clouds. Huh? They're not going to get it through some impression in a tortilla or a something else. They're not going to get it anywhere else. People have looked for it everywhere, but it's Christ in you and me that is the hope of the essence and the nature and the person of God. Man, when you have that, you have vision. You have vision. What was the verse we read at the, at the beginning? If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they're most blessed. Amen? <clears throat> we are a most blessed people. And you don't have to be afraid that when you talk like this, that something bad is going to happen. And a lot of people are. A lot of people are afraid of being positive. A lot of people are afraid of being confident in themselves because they think it's pride. I'm not talking about being confident in you. I'm talking about being confident in the God in you. But you've got to believe he's in you. And you've got to believe you've got the wherewithal to trust him and to do what he says and see things through. Listen, if this was easy, everybody would be doing it. This takes a lot of time and effort and work to develop a relationship. My marriage today is the best it's ever been in the uh, 42 years almost that we've been married. I'm trying to remember. I didn't want to get it, get it wrong. <laughs> this year was 42 my, my marriage is the best it's ever been. You know why? Because I spend more time developing my relationship with my wife today than I ever have. And you know what? What I've realized is, for you that are married, if you're not married, you say, well, you're disqual no, you're not disqualified from Jack. <laughs> you're going to be there. And you're better off if you're not married yet and you're still developing. But what I've realized is, as it goes with my wife, so it goes with my relationship with God. And it's stronger than it's ever been today, ever, and getting stronger. But my relationship with God is getting stronger because I can't have that strong relationship with her if I don't have a relationship with Him. And that's where the vision comes from in how to be 
the person I was created to be. How to be the romantic. I don't know about all you guys in here, but, you know, I wasn't that suave kind of guy, you know. I mean, I was missing a lot. And God's had to give it to me. And I'm getting it. I'm declaring I'm a romantic. I say it over myself every day. I'm a romantic. But I'm a child of God. I'm loved by God. I'm empowered by God. I have vision from God. I'm changing the world one person at a time. Because he's empowered me. And if we all see that, we change the whole world. That's vision. We're seeing what he wants us to see and then all the other things that we think we have to have vision for will line themselves out. I mean, glean from people. You know, the successful people that I'm talking about, some of those successful people have really helped me in how and what to do with vision and how to implement the vision on a, on a personal level. Don't, don't shy away from it, but don't let people that just teach on personal vision try to control the way that you get vision from God. Get vision from God, from His Word, and then and glean from other people and add to it, but, but don't let it confuse you in how that true vision comes from seeing spiritually first, and then the natural will work itself out. That's just the way it works.